Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee, and let's awaken our hearts together. Well, good morning, Laura. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Yeah. It's a podcast day. We're it's always good when we're podcasting. It's so, so funny, funny because we've already been together in the office for about an hour. And this is our first podcast this morning oh, because man. we are so deprived. This is not good use of our time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it is. It is. Okay. Okay. You're right. Yeah. We can't, we can't mm-hmm. zoom anymore. We've, we're socially distanced oh. talking and it's just filling my tank. So it's good. Totally. It's totally so good. love that. I, I know. know. Love spending time with you. You too. So and to all talk. our listeners, all our friends who are listening. I know. Yeah, it's so fun. We love it. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about a good topic today would be based on a conversation I had with someone on the phone this week. Okay. And they were talking about how do you know you've been called into ministry? And I think the bigger question too is how do you know God's will? Like how do you know what God is asking you to do and what does that look like? Mm -hmm. And we had quite a long conversation on the phone about this with someone from our church. And it just got me thinking that this is a very common question. We're asked first off about people wondering if they're called into ministry, right? What does that look like? But I think a lot of our conversations we've had with people and we also have with ourselves and with one another is is this what God is asking me to do in this season? How do I know God's will right now? And how do I walk that out? Right, right. Oh, I think that's a great, yeah, that is a great question. And I think it is a question that so many people are asking, you know, what is God calling me to do? I do believe that God has a unique call on each person's life in terms of what he wants them to do. But I, but I also believe that it's more important to him who we are. Yes in what we do than actually what we do, the, the outcome of what we do. And, and, you know, I just, I'm reminded of Proverbs that says like man makes his plans, but God ordains his steps. Mm. And I think that's really, really true when it comes to God's will for our life that, you know, we have to go ahead and make plans, but we have to trust God to, to ordain the steps that come, you know, after those plans. Yeah, it's so true because faith and works, when you think about it, it's having faith, but you need the works, you need the action, you need the plans to kind of move forward. And that partner together is powerful. That's exactly, I, I do believe the same thing. It's not a matter of just doing, it's being. God's ultimate will for us is to know and to love him. Yeah. That's the ultimate above all will of God. And to lead people to Jesus, to yes, make disciples. <laughs> no, 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 but that's it. Yeah. Like to know, to know, be yeah. loved by God, to be belong to God, to be children of God and to lead others to know him. Yeah. That's our, that's our, like, that's the greatest calling, the number one, the overriding, overarching calling on every single one of our lives, our purpose for existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And just even looking at our own lives, if we were speaking specifically about ministry. So Mm -hmm. if anyone's even listening today thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm feeling, I love, Mm -hmm. like, I feel, I love God and I'm feeling these stirrings in my heart that maybe I'm called into ministry. Maybe I'm not. Mm -hmm. And some people are even afraid to say it out loud because they compare themselves to someone or they might feel newer in their faith and they think there's no way I could be called into ministry and they disqualify themselves already. 
But you think, how have we walked that journey out? And I think we've had such different paths yeah. of coming into ministry yeah. and God has used it all. And yeah. so I think it'd be really neat to talk a little bit about how we have been called into ministry, like how we knew we yeah. were called into ministry and then just how we kind of have even in that yeah. kind of worked out God's will for our lives in the midst of it all. Cause yeah. ministry changes yes, and evolves as well. And it so does, even yeah. in that, it's working that out within yeah. ministry. It's not yeah. just that one and done. You know, if I reflect back, I, or even not even just back, but if I, if I think about like doing ministry together, even you and I, like, even if you just take you and I, for example, and doing like having the privilege of being able to do ministry together, it really has been such a joy. Like it's been mm-hmm. such a joy. And I know that it's been such a joy for us to love and serve God in a local church together and the expression of that together. But I think what's really like, I just wonder sometimes, you know, um, we'll have people say to us, over and over and over again, like it is my ultimate dream to work at the church. Like, you know, we'll have people say like, when I'm done my career and I retire, I want to work at the church for free. I, you know, there's, there's something that we're doing or how we're doing what we're doing that is attractive to other people. They want to be a part of it. They want, um, and I mean, the truth is it is a very like, uplifting, like encouraging. Oh yeah. Like it's a beautiful environment for a workplace. Like when I think of even just our team meeting this week, you know, and just, you know, our teams being exhorted and encouraged and built up and strengthened. And like, that doesn't happen in a lot of workplaces on a continual basis. It is a very uplifting environment, but I think what people don't see is that there's also a really, really like a soul wrenching hard part to it too. And that's where, that's where I think the who you are comes into play as you walk out this job as a, you know, as a profession is that if that who you are piece is not rock solid, your identity is not rock solid in Christ, then when those difficulties, those challenges, those stresses, those, um, you know, those obstacles come on, you're kind of disillusioned because you have this idea that it's only encouraging and uplifting. And you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean by that? And so I think sometimes from the outside looking in, because yeah, like that's the part that it, that people feel, that's the part that, you know, people who are a part of what we do, who are attending, like that's what they see and that's what they feel and that's what they should see and that's what they should feel we shield them from the criticism from the wrestles from the struggle from you know the tensions that are happening you know in our team from the things that god is unearthing you know in our team that are like dark and hard Mm -hmm. and difficult Mm -hmm. you know that we're having to navigate and walk through the dynamics that are at play like all of these things that we're having to to walk through which are a part of any workplace Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not saying it's any worse or better it's just a part of any but again if your character is not formed and your identity is not rooted in christ that's where when you kind of step into this role and you get to pull the curtain back and see behind what it takes like the, the turmoil, the the struggle, the wrestle that it actually takes to do what we do. I think sometimes people get disillusioned in that. 
and it becomes uh, not what they thought. Oh, I I cannot agree more because I don't think if you're, I think it can be almost impossible to have longevity in full-time ministry. First off, if you're not called to do it, because there's an equipping that has to come with it from God. That's supernatural. It really is supernatural because that's exactly it. Like the, it's not so much what you do. It's the constant, like what God is doing, because we cannot do what we're doing if we are not rooted in Christ and it's more exposed like God. And it should be, there's a greater accountability. There should be. Yeah. You're leading people. So God is dealing with you on the deepest level and it is a constant. Yeah. It's a constant because you're leading and training and teaching. But if you're not practicing that and allowing the humility of your own heart to be subjected to Christ, for him to go to the bad always and to expose (laughs) the bad and to move out of the goodness of God, not out of your own perfection or performance or your identity even being in ministry. Yeah you will not have longevity and it will fall apart. You will not be able to sustain um, longevity in ministry. And that's what we've seen. We've seen people, it's not how you come out of the gates. It's how are you finishing in ministry? I've, I've watched that. It's easy to come out of the gates strong. The hard work is having the longevity in ministry to allow like those criticism, the net, what people are shielded from to not uproot what God has called you to do because you constantly live in this place of feeling disqualified. I don't people realize that. True. <laughs> they see us so yes. confident, but actually constantly wrestling disqualification. Yeah. And actually we are disqualified on our own. Yeah. <laughs> we because there's a truth. There's a truth to that there's messaging. Like I, outside of Christ. You're right. I don't have what it takes. You don't. And in ourselves, we are not good. We are not good. And we are, our righteousness is even as filthy rags. Even the, what we think is good is filthy because (laughs) all our efforts, (laughs) it's true. But with the grace of Christ and the goodness of Christ and the equipping and the anointing of Christ, we're able to do that, but it's a constant subjection to that. Like we have to willingly and intentionally subject ourselves to that process through our, yeah. And I think that's something that wrestling that people don't see or understand until you get into it and you wonder why am I feeling this constant tension and it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So because I, I think too, the very ways that you live your life outside of kind of the, I don't even, I don't even, I, like, I don't want to call it like a, the fishbowl or whatever, you know, like the, like when, when that, that weight is on your character, um, you, you can actually get away with doing mm-hmm. or living or th- believing or thinking, um, you know, different ways that, that you don't necessarily, you're not aware of, you're not, you're not feeling conviction about, you're not, but then all of a sudden when you get into this environment and God begins to put his finger on things in your character, like you, the first instinct is to run. Mm-hmm. Like the first instinct is like, this is uncomfortable. Like I, I need to get away from this. Like I don't like this. Yes. And so, so we've seen in this environment just how like God begins to put his finger on things and it's God. Like it's not us. It's not people. It's not anything. It's like God is literally saying, no, I'm going to call you higher here. I'm going to call you higher here. Yeah. I'm going to call you higher. Here. And you're like, like it, yeah. it's so uncomfortable it's so painful to to come to terms with that to actually be honest about those things in your life and and I think the other funny thing about ministry is that you know what we do let's say on a Sunday or when we're leading a group or when we're leading a team 
Like those are awesome and we absolutely love them. But everything it took to get to that place, it is not glamorous. <laughs> no, in it's any luck. way, it's shape, or form. It's a lot of administration, really. It's lugging water. <laughs> it's, you know what I'm saying? The water bottles. Yes, like, yes. And, and there are these moments. And I think too, sometimes the longer you get into it or if your attitude just shifts about it, like if you forget that you are a servant of the Lord, yeah. like you kind of get a bit of an attitude and you're like, why am I lugging the water? What the heck are so-and-so and so-and-so? What are they doing? How come they're not lugging the water? Or whatever it is, yeah. right? But you can get this bit of an attitude about like, this is not this is not what I am called to do. This yeah. is not, you know what I mean? But honestly, it's all of it. It's all of it. And it's constantly just laying down your desires, your wants, your, your vision of yourself. And then, you know, all of a sudden this job that maybe you have and you love, it gets shifted and changed and they don't need that from you anymore. And all of a sudden now you need to do this because it's just what's needed in the season. And you don't want to do that. Yes. Yeah. You don't like it. Yeah. You don't like it, but you have to, because it needs to be done and there's no one else to do it. And you're like, Oh, so it's, you know what I mean? It, I, that's exactly <laughs> like what I need to think it's about constantly changing in our, even in our ministry lives, yeah. how much we have shifted and maneuvered. And sometimes all of a sudden someone's away or sick and you're covering things that you're like, this is way out of what I even know or even like to do. Totally. But like, it's, I've been the sound man. <laughs> like I've had to be the sound man. A- <laughs> I've had to learn the soundboard and like, oh, yeah. I'm literally like, oh, I don't know. Yeah anything about yeah. this but yeah. you just have to learn it and you do it yeah. and you're like okay and yeah, we don't I- have the luxury of like even having assistants do all this stuff for us <laughs> no it's I good know, for us it's good but it really is one of those things if you're called to it it is there's an anointing and an equipping that comes with it but for the longevity it's a constant surrender to allow that equipping to happen and that anointing to happen has to come from humility if you're not called to it it, it won't, you won't be able to be under it. It just, it'll, it'll happen that it won't be able to be there. And that's just a reality because not everyone is called to be in ministry in this capacity. Yeah. Are we called to be ministers? Absolutely. Everyone. Yes. Everyone. And sometimes the joy, like sometimes when I see someone that wants to go into full-time ministry and you see them thriving as a volunteer, I'm like, you won't get this again. <laughs> Don't do <laughs> Like it. all the praise yeah. and the love yeah. and you know, you every day you're celebrated, but when you're, it's a job. It, people don't realize when you're in ministry, what you do on a Sunday is 10%. Oh. The rest is a job. There's performance. There's all those things you have yeah. to do, have hard conversations. You've got to, you've got to do a job. Yeah. And a lot of it is like you said, not glamorous, Yeah, but it's for a bigger purpose. So, yeah. but when you're called to it, there's nothing else that you'd love more to do. Yeah. There's nothing more. Yeah. But it really is supernatural. Like God opens those doors. It's something you can't, you can try to force them open, but it really is supernatural how God opens those things up for you. So anyways, I just find it so interesting. Like all these, there is something about life center that people do want to come on full time. And that is so beautiful. Like I love that too. Oh yeah. And I just think it's beautiful, but I think it is something interesting that people maybe don't know when you almost lift the lid of what's going on in the ministers. Yes. It is a life that you, you actually subject yourself to tensions and uncomfortable. You get used to being uncomfortable. True. And even when I watch the newer staff coming on and when I even think of those early years, 
I didn't understand that that actually was happening of me developing, this sounds really weird, but thick skin in being uncomfortable, not thick skin from God, but getting used to being uncomfortable and constantly (laughs) stretched and like constantly feeling, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I don't think I'm qualified, like getting used to that. Right. That feeling that you actually are like, no, this is something, it's not actually about that. Right. But in the beginning, you feel it's about that. You feel like, oh, maybe I'm not qualified or maybe, you know, I should feel more secure or I should, I should feel more confident. No, (laughs) you're actually signing up for a life of feeling unqualified, insecure and uncomfortable because that's exactly where you need to be under the anointing of Christ, not to live in that spirit, but to acknowledge that that's who you are and to walk in the strength of God out of your weakness. Totally. The complete sufficiency. Exactly. Complete sufficiency of Christ. Yeah, that is really, that's so good. And that is so, so powerful and so true. Like it is so, so true. Yeah. But it's, I think it's learning uh, to not be so obsessed with yourself. Like that's what that's like, that's the journey is that like in the beginning, you're obsessed with your own inadequacies and you're constantly dwelling on those things. And you wonder, you're constantly questioning and wondering if those are the things that are going to disqualify you or do disqualify you from leadership. Like you just don't feel worthy or qualified to lead people who you see as better than you better leaders, smarter, knowing more about the Bible. I mean, in every single way, especially when you're younger, like I just remember that feeling all the time, never really feeling like a leader, even Mm -hmm. though I was, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really feel like a leader because everyone around me, I saw, I thought was a better leader than me. Why would I step into this place? And honestly, I just actually had to get over myself. Mm. I had to just get over myself. And I remember, I almost remember it feeling kind of tangible, like in the early years when I used to speak and preach, like I just knew that I got in my own head way, way, way too much. And I remember the one time that I got up and I felt like I'm out of my head. Like I'm, I'm over myself. I, it was just different. It was just completely different. Mm. Like all of those sort of self-conscious, self-aware, you know, self-obsessive thoughts were just weren't there anymore. I had mm. like God had set me free from me and it was different and it shifted. But honestly, that's really what it is. It's an obsession of self, like, like hardcore, but it is like, that's, that's what it is. We're just obsessed with our own insecurities, our, no, our own inadequacies, and just thinking way too much about ourselves and not enough about the greatness and sufficiency and grace of God. That is it's so way bigger. Good. It's way, way better, way better than all of that. In fact, our own insufficiencies are completely insignificant in comparison to God's grace and sufficiency. Like it's not even relevant. Yeah. But the enemy loves to get us stuck there and obsessed there and held back there and limited and restricted there. When God is like, wait a second. No, no, no. You don't have to stay here. Mm -hmm. I've already made a way. Mm -hmm. I've already made a way. Walk in it. Walk Mm -hmm. in it fully. So yeah, there is a real laying down of self that just mm-hmm. takes time and surrender and yeah. That's really powerful. It's so true. Getting out of our own way. Yeah. And that is something you just learn to recognize more and be like, okay, I'm in my way here. Okay, God, take over. Yeah. But it is a life of yeah. of con- con- like continually dying to that. This is not my way. Yeah. 
My life is not my own. Yeah. I've been bought with a price. Like this is my journey. And for those that are listening that maybe are, we're not trying to discourage you <laughs> from going into ministry, but I think it's sometimes good to just understand that it is something, it's not outside what you're kind of signing up for. There is a whole journey that is elevated in ministry and exposed more in ministry that you kind of are subjecting yourself to. Yeah. And, um, but there's no other way when you're called mm-hmm. to ministry, there's no other way mm-hmm. I would rather live. Like this is, this is such a gift in life and God gives a sufficiency to do it. And so, but you know, even as you're wrestling, like I think about, we went to ministry, I had a call when I was very young yeah. and felt very much called into ministry and kind of just, and what do you mean when you say that? Yeah, what that's does that good. even mean? I felt in a moment of time that God spoke to my heart. When I say that, I felt like I heard in my spirit, God say, I've called you to ministry. Like, I want you to do this full time. Like, I felt that. I knew that feeling. I had that when I was really young. And so I kind of geared my teenage years, my career towards going into full-time ministry with music. But, you know, even when I came out of college, there was no opportunities. I did not know how that was going to work out. And so even when people are thinking, how do I know? Just throw yourself into putting yourself as a volunteer, throw yourself into ministry as a volunteer, and then God organically and naturally opened doors. He'll make a way. He made a way. And I know that some other people's journey is different. They come out of Bible school and they see it opening for a position. They go into full-time ministry. That wasn't my way. I came to a city where it wasn't like that. And I was working normal jobs. And then I was worship leading as a volunteer for quite a few years before ministry opened up. Ministry opened up at Life Center and that kind of organically moved that way. But the first thing I say, you know, if people are like, I feel like God's calling me to ministry, get into Bible school. Start, do the things that would lead you to full-time ministry. You'll probably have to work your full-time job at night. Take Bible school, take those courses, start the ball rolling towards that, but also laying it down, realizing you don't really know what that best fit is. You might think looking like working at a church full-time is what that looks like. That may actually not be what God has for you. It may actually taint or destroy that really heart that God has put in you. It could be to work like a full-time job and to pour yourself into the church in a different way as a volunteer, but still equally in the eyes of God as a minister, you know, but being obedient. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I, I spoke to this lady about this week, just saying like, if that's in your heart, then do the things that that looks like into going to full-time ministry. Don't quit your job right now. Go into Bible school and then start to volunteer in those areas that you feel passionate about and let God flourish it. Because if it's of God, it's going to become obvious to those around you. Like leadership will rise. It'll happen. The opportunity will present itself and God will just lead you. If God opens those doors, no man can shut it. But if God doesn't open the doors, you got to trust that God is not opening those doors for a reason. But if he's put ministry in your heart, don't stop volunteering, giving your heart to it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know absolutely. what your thoughts are on that, but no, no, I totally agree with that. Cause yeah. I think that's the exact scripture. Make your plans yeah. and let God ordain your steps. And I would totally agree that, you know, full-time ministry is different than other jobs in the sense that like it, it, of course, yes. Like you're saying, you could just apply for a job and maybe get a job, but most of the time it doesn't quite happen so linear. Most of the time, there's an awakening of something that happens in your heart Mm -hmm. and you do just serve faithfully. And then God just makes room 
He just yes, makes room yes. at some point in some way. Sometimes you're paid to do it. Sometimes you're not. But God makes room when the time is right. And it's to walk in the tension of your desire and trusting God. It's to yes. walk in those equally in holding your desire at bay, like not letting that desire overtake you to the point where you're discontent of everything in your life, but holding that desire and trusting God with the outcome of that desire and being content with the leadership that God has given you in the season. Again, like spiritual gifts where, you know, we want to unpack that a little bit more in the coming, um, the coming podcasts ahead, but that plays into it big time it too. Sure does. And kind of how your ministry or, um, even proficiency in ministry manifests because certain giftings lend themselves better towards the leadership of a church than other giftings. But that doesn't mean, and definitely in God's eyes, just like the scriptures say, like one part of the body can't look at another part and say, I have no need of you. We have a hundred percent need of every single part of the body to function in complete unison together. You know, I was just marveling the other day at how our physical, how God created our physical bodies to work so beautifully together, like every single little part. And when one part is suffering, the whole body feels it. Mm -hmm. The whole body's aware Mm -hmm. of that tiny part that is suffering. And so very much like that, I think God was very intentional about that illustration for us, that that's how we're supposed to be. Yeah. So, so even when it comes to your giftings and how you're wired, how God's created you and the gift that he's placed in your life to bring his love to the world, like that's going to play into how it is expressed in any sort of kind of ministry opportunity or whatever. So it is this, there is a tension there to manage between what is the desire of your heart and what is God, like what's the obedience that the obedient step that God has for you in this season? Can you trust his ordaining of your steps, your next steps? That is, that's powerful. It's so Mm -hmm. true. And Mm -hmm. not envying yeah. someone else or like, yeah. you know, being envious of someone else's yeah. gift because you actually may not have the gift of leadership. You just may not have it. And that's yeah. what needed in this certain position or thing. Right. It doesn't mean you are insignificant or oh not as viable. Like you're so important to the body of Christ, oh my goodness. but it's not envying that too. Like, I think that can be a really hard thing to yeah. look and say, well, how come that has happened for someone else, but not for me? Yeah. That's just not your journey. And you've got, like you said, holding that tension and be like, God, I trust you that this is what I meant to be. And I embrace even the limitations. I embrace the limitations that perhaps even my gift, my capacity may not be, but it has nothing to do with that with God. It's all about obedience. Mm -hmm. It's all about being humbled before him and trusting his plan. But I think that has also happened. And I know even in my own heart, like even sometimes as we journey through ministry, we realize we do have limitations and God is, I'm not talking about God is limitless. And if he wants to do something supernatural, God will do something supernatural. I'm not talking about that. Like supernatural, he can do something in and through our gifting that way surpasses our limitations. I'm not, but Mm -hmm. on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. we all have different capacities. We Mm -hmm. all have different things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's allowing ourselves, like you said, Lori, it's so powerful to come to that place of embracing how God's made us and embracing trust in him yeah that what i may think god has for me may look different and may be used in a different way Mm -hmm. and it's allow ourselves to die to that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to come alive into our trust in god 
And uh, that's been a journey. I think even in ministry, we have to hold all of that lightly. Our gifting, our positions. Mm -hmm. In ministry, we have to hold it lightly. What I do in ministry is not mine. It's not mine. I'm not, just because we come into ministry and we have these positions, they're not ours. It's what God wills. And it's also us walking in humility before God to hold it very lightly and to hold that as not being my identity. Yeah. Like I hold that lightly. Yes. Yes. Right? And you know what? That's a huge key right there. That is a yeah. huge key right there. Cause even if you're called into ministry, even if you sense that you had a supernatural calling from God, like you did as a little girl, you cannot hold what you do for God as your identity. It has yes. to be that you belong to God, that you're his child. That's your first mm-hmm. and sole identity. You have to hold all the rest so open-handedly and so lightly. Um, you know, when I think about for you, like you had a very clear supernatural encounter with God that you sensed God giving you a direction for your life, but the path, even as it's played out in your life, cause that's like 20, 30 years ago now, like it hasn't been completely linear. It hasn't mm-hmm. just been one direction or one way. So for you, how have you navigated that sense, that call, that sense that this is what God had for your life in terms of what you were supposed to do with your life. How have you navigated that over the past, you know, 20, 30 years? That's a really good question. I think because it's not like just it no, one, no. it's not like, it's not just like a straight path forward or like a straight path up kind of like, like corporate, you know, like climbing a corporate ladder. It's not like that. So mm-hmm. how has it been for you kind of navigating through knowing, having this knowing deep in your spirit and then like actually walking this out, holding those intention, making your plans, God ordaining your steps. How have you held those intention with this knowing? Yeah, that's a good question, Lori. Remember those old, those old pictures of connect the dots? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. They were never like easy. Sometimes a dot would go really weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And I think I've not... I've often not connected dots very well. Thank goodness we have God. Mm-hmm. And I've not done it well mm-hmm. many times. And still, mm-hmm. I'm work, God's constantly working mm-hmm. on me in those areas of just trusting him. Like, okay, is this is this what you're doing? Yeah. I'm stepping into this that feels like it's not even my strength. Like, yeah. But God's like, no, I see something I'm elevating. And I'm like, but this is what I've done. And God is just stretching. I think navigating through all the different turns and bends has been this constant place of coming back to knowing who I am in Christ. And that sounds really simple, but when you know who you are in Christ through failings, through all of it, it's like, you know, your shepherd's voice. There's just something that keeps drawing you back and pouring yourself into ministry, whether it's been paid or not, and staying faithful to it. I think of all the bends and turns, the one thing that I can, I can say that has probably allowed me to can allow God to connect the dots is just remaining faithfully pouring out. Okay. Cause I think when, and staying to the course, cause I think when you bounce around yourself, because you will want to bounce and you will think, Oh, this isn't working out. <laughs> Nothing's going to come from this, but you just stay. There's something about staying consistent, just pouring your heart out, pouring out. God will reveal himself, but it's time and it's patience. We want quick. We want clarity. And it doesn't come fast. And 
because it doesn't come fast, you just got to stay the course. You've just got to keep doing. And I'm not tell, talking about being in a, in a healthy situation. Like if you're an unhealthy ministry or un, under unhealthy leadership, I'm not talking about that. But when I came to Life Center, there wasn't these opportunities. There wasn't like all of a sudden there was this big opening. It wasn't like that. And I was like, I feel like this is my passion. I'm just going to do this. This is what I'm called to do, whether it's paid or not. And I'm going to give myself to the work of Life Center. That's what I'm going to do. And God, through it all, even being in full-time ministry, leaving full-time ministry, coming back to full-time ministry, the common denominator is always God and his goodness. But it's also been, I've just kind of kept doing what I've done and just poured out. And I think when you're staying on the sidelines, waiting for a door to open, but you're not staying consistent, you're not following through, establishing yourself in a church body, and pouring out when it's hard or when it's just sacrificial. Right. That's the testing ground. It's true. It's true. We just want things to happen, but we don't want to pay the price. We don't want the time and we don't want the patience to do it. And I think, and sometimes we do it without not knowing the income. Most of the time we don't know the outcome. And all the times I've seen God open doors have been when I've least expected it. And it's come from those consistent places. Right. And so that would be my answer to that. Right. And so how about for you? Like yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a little different for me because I didn't have like I didn't have an encounter where I sensed God say like, I am calling you into full time ministry. <laughs> oh, Lord. Open. Nothing yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think for me, what happened was I grew up not uh, knowing who I was in Christ and not believing that I was special or called or gifted or had any sort of reason that God would want to use my life. I just didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know I had a purpose. I didn't know. Now, like at this time, like, you know, I'm growing up, I'm a teenager, I'm going to school, going to college. I knew I wanted to help people. I knew it was kind of just who I was. And so, you know, I just didn't connect that with how God had created me or wired me, um, or maybe didn't feel like I was doing it well or, you know, whatever. I was insecure. I had a lot of insecurities and, um, in my very early twenties just had a profound, profound encounter with God and it was supernatural as well. But for me, it was more like almost like a salvation moment, a moment where like the scales came off my eyes that I was blind and then I could finally see and I could just see that God had a plan for my life. That's what I could see. And I saw it for the first time. And so in that moment, I think what happened was as those scales kind of fell off my eyes and I saw that God had a plan for my life, um, he didn't tell me what it was, but my response, my heart response to him was just, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do anything that you call or ask me to do. I'm willing to do anything. And so it was just the, my heart's posture before the Lord. And so that's what happened. So like immediate, like immediately, like the next week after that, I just looked for opportunities to serve, whatever that mm -hmm. meant. And it started out with setting up chairs and cleaning the bathroom. It set, it started out with serving other leaders in whatever way that they needed help or service. I remember in the early, early times, um, and I don't even know how I came into contact with these, but, um, you know, Jay and I were serving as youth leaders. We were in our twenties and we were serving the youth pastor and, um, somebody wanted to come to youth and they lived out about 45 minutes away in a trailer park. So every single week before youth, I would drive out to the trailer park and pick up these two girls 
I lived in the trailer park and we'd have conversations both ways, an hour and a half, both right. 45 minutes to church, 45 minutes home. And, but these are the moments, like when I look back, like Mm. the posture Mm, was whatever it takes. It doesn't, and I didn't think anything of it. I didn't like think, wow, look at what I'm doing. This is so significant. This is so important. I didn't think anything about it. It was just, I was willing to do whatever it took and it made no difference to me what it was. And it gave me an opportunity to disciple these girls, you know, uh, like for (laughs) every single week. So again, so as I look back at the time, not knowing, but as I look back, I see that all of these, like you just said, were the testing ground for God to see, will you be faithful? Will you Mm. be faithful? Will you serve the lowliest of these, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. I ask. So we cleaned up the bathrooms. We were the last ones to leave. I mean, we used to stay here till one, two o'clock in the morning you know, and just serve and just serve the youth pastor. And he didn't have to do any of that. Like we, we did all of that because it was our joy. Like it was our absolute joy. And slowly over time, um, different opportunities kind of emerged. I remember there was nobody to lead the Sunday school class for junior high. And so Jay and I were like, okay, well, I guess we like, if there's no one else to do it, we, we can do it. Like we're, we're here and available. And so that's what we did. So we, on Sunday mornings, we ran the junior high class for, and it was in a Sunday, like it was a Sunday school class. It was in a little classroom and um, we just set up the chairs and and ran a little class. And, you know, like it's those little things, just saying yes to God that started to show also like what God was doing in us and making room for Mm -hmm. the exact thing that God was calling us to. We made plans. He ordained our steps and started to just open doors and we just said yes every time and we committed to each other um, and to the Lord that we would say yes to whatever doors that he opened for us. But never, like never, I don't remember back then like ever thinking or wanting or striving or, you know, kind of having these, um, these, uh, what's the word, like not achievement, but uh, like our motive was never mm-hmm. like to become a pastor to become you know like what like there was no nothing in our heart looking for that or wanting that we just postured to say yes which maybe in a sense was a gift because maybe if we'd wanted that we there may have been frustrations along Mm. the way and I do think that you know for anybody who has those desires you do have to lay them down like Abraham and Isaac like you have to lay down those desires, you have to sacrifice them on the altar before the Lord and be willing to give them up. Otherwise you will live in frustration with Mm. where you are, um, all the time. So that wasn't really my picture. So as the Lord, uh, kept opening doors, we were just in awe of those doors and just humbled as we walked through all of them and reluctantly walked through each one. But, uh, but yeah, all the way along what I, what I can say is that every single season was character developing in preparation for the hardship that would come and the testing and the uh, sifting and, you know, all of it was character forming for those moments where you just don't want to do it anymore, where you feel like it's too much and it's overwhelming or the criticism is, you know, too, too great. So you know, all of it is a setup for, for what is to come. Yeah, it is true because if your heart and your posture isn't rooted in Christ, 
you are on shifting sand. Like when it talks about that, because yeah. <laughs> the storms come and yeah. if your house isn't built, like meaning your house, like yeah. not just what you do, who you are yeah. built on the solid rock. Cause in ministry, the enemy wants to sift. And that's the thing. Like, yes, we are all, we don't want to look for a devil under every bush. I'm not talking about that, but there is an, amazing awareness that we are in a spiritual battle we are and if you are leading there's a target on your back absolutely and so there are strong seasons of sifting that you see you feel come that just want to take you out like you think this is too hard and even internally sometimes it's not even what people see it's just wrestling so much being like I don't want to feel uncomfortable anymore I don't want to live this way it's really hard to feel this way all the time that that can even be a sifting. It doesn't even have to be a circumstance. It can just be even that the enemy definitely wants to sift. But if you're, if you're called to it and you're built on the rock and you're allowing God to do that and your heart is in a posture of surrender, God will bring you through. He'll bring you through those testing times, but they come, Yeah, they come not a lot, maybe some more than others, but they will come. Mm -hmm. And uh, some get through it and some no. Yeah. And that's the reality. Yeah. But there is a sifting. Yeah. There is a definitely. sifting in ministry that does come. Yeah. And I think too, like this doesn't just apply for people who ha- desire to go into mi- full-time ministry. Yeah. This applies for anything that God calls you to do. Yes. Like, because I think at the same time as God is ordaining your steps in whatever it is that he has called and ordained you to do, um, there's a sifting happening like from the enemy trying to thwart that plan of God. And the thing that's so amazing about God is that he's so redeeming. Mm. He's so redeeming that even if we get off course, he can fully redeem and get us back on course, which I just love that about the grace of God. Like it gives me such hope in the fact that, yes, I'm probably going to make mistakes along the way, um, but that he will redeem each one and get me back on the course that he has set before me. But the blessing that comes from obedience, there's nothing like it. Like there's nothing like the blessing that you walk in when you, when you're listening to God, he's ordaining your steps and you are being obedient, even if it's not the ones that you want to take or that you think, you know, you should take at that time. If you know that God is asking you to do it and you do it, the blessing that comes is beyond anything that you could experience. But yeah, it's not just about ministry. It's about Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you've been called to. And so I think like even what we're talking about today, you know, our world is ministry. And so we're talking about it from that perspective, but whatever, whatever Mm. you do and whatever God has called you to, this works the same. The principles are the same, um, that there is going to come a constant disqualification and a constant trying to sift you from that purpose that God, where God has placed you for his divine plan and purpose. And you, we have to submit to it every day submit like our desires submit um our future dreams submit all of it and trust that he's ordaining those steps that are ahead of us i think that there's times that god keeps us from success i'm going to say the word success meaning like in the worldly sense because success is actually going to grab a hold of our soul and destroy us if Mm -hmm. we walk if we walk in it and I think Mm -hmm. there's other times where God opens the door for success because he needs that influence on your life because of what he's ordained and we don't get to determine who gets which path we Mm -hmm. just have to seek him and we just have to be obedient to what he's calling us to do and we have to be willing to lay it down if 
<laughs> he's not allowing that in our life. We have to trust him in all of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I and totally I think know what you're like saying. Like for pastors and leaders too, like some churches are going to grow and get really big and some churches are never going to grow or get really big because that's not what God has called you to. But we have to be obedient to what God has called us to do in this time today. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's such a present walk, mm-hmm. you know? I know. I love when it talks to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Because if we're looking to the right or the left, that's what happens. We're comparing and we're thinking, well, why is it not like this? Or I wish it would be like this. But we keep our eyes on Jesus, the yeah. author, because it's about him and it finishes with him. It's all for the honor of his name. It's not for the honor of Rhonda or Lori. Yeah. None of it. Yeah. When we stand before God, none of it is about the honor. It's all about the honor. So he, it's, he's the author and the finisher. Yeah. And so his, our journey is about his journey in us. And he's the author and finisher. And so that's a constant reminder, Laura. It's so true. Like it's, it's wonderful when doors open of success, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but those are hard places when we have to lay things down, yeah. but we have to remember he's the author and finisher and it's about him for the honor. So at the end of the day, yeah. what does it matter? Like what is going to matter is obedience and yeah. what's going to matter is that we followed what he asked, yeah. but it is in those moments, that place of like that holding lightly and letting go and that would be our advice. Like if I was looking at someone young coming to ministry or even in young, younger people, like yeah. when they're looking at their lives being yeah. like, hold your life lightly because yeah. it's not yours, but hold it lightly yeah. and fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher. Just hold it lightly because he's going to get you through, but it may look different than what you think. And it's okay because actually what he'll bring you to is far, oh. the joy and the fulfillment will yeah. far surpass what you think it would be. Yeah. Because if you would have told me in my 20s what I'd be doing now in ministry, I would have been like, no, there's no way. Right. This is some of the most fulfilling years. I'm finding deeper, deeper fulfillment, right. deeper trust, deeper like intimacy with Christ yeah. in what I'm doing in who I am in Christ. Yeah. But everything I have to hold lightly. But yeah. if you would have told me that in my 20s, I'd be like, no, that won't be my path. Yeah. I thought I'd be doing music full time for right. No, right, but actually right, right, I, right, right. it's like you just hold everything lightly right. and you watch God fulfill things. I'm talking about that one specific thing. Yeah. There's so many other things that God, you know, has asked me to lay down or to hold lightly my whole life. But I'm just saying these specific yeah. things. Yeah. But if you trust God, you can also trust that what he has for you is going to be the very best for you too. Right. And like you said, some things would destroy you or would not be, you would be closed minded to other gifts that God has for you or there are other opportunities. So hold it lightly, fix your eyes on him. And he knows the beginning from the end. But in those times when you really are struggling, it's really going to be like, okay, do you think that you know better or God knows better? Yeah. And, uh, we're the blind leading the blind. So yes. really, yes, he's the best way to follow. Yeah. <sighs> Cause so I've true. learned the hard way holding yeah. on tight. Oh, yeah. I've learned the hard way Totally. and it never totally. ends good. Yeah. It never ends good when I no. strive and I push no. my own agenda. No. Really? No. And I still do that. And I don't know why, yeah. <laughs> but I hope like my, yeah. my heart is that I would, I'm learning it faster and letting go faster Yeah. because I still want to hold on tight to things. Yeah. But I'm just, as I grow older and more, you know, more in love with Jesus, I, that's my heart is like, God, help me to recognize and let go faster Mm -hmm. because my Mm -hmm. tendency will want to grab, grab hold. But that's exactly the posture of the heart to say, no, it's yours anyway. It's yours because I'll destroy it and it will end up bad if I hold on too tight or push my own way. Right. It won't end well. Yeah. 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 
I think you asked a question uh, when we got started, like, how do you know the will of God? Like, how yeah. do you? Yeah. And, you know, I, I do think that God does speak to us. And I do think God does give us very specific direction when we ask. And, um, but if he's not speaking, that's also part of the journey that he has you on. There's a reason why he's not specifically speaking, but I do believe that God is absolutely faithful. And I don't know if you have found this as well, but you know, whenever I ask God specifically for an answer, like if I need an answer or if I need direction, if I need, he's always faithful to answer, but sometimes his answer is no answer and I have to keep waiting, but that's the answer. That's the yeah. answer too, right? Yes. So it is like, I do think how we know what his will is and how we know if we're walking in it is we do have to keep asking him. We do have to keep seeking him for direction. That's so good, Lori. And we have to listen mm-hmm. and we have to then be obedient to what it is that he's saying. When he says no, then it's no. When he says yes, then it's yes. And when he says nothing, then it's wait. Mm. And we have to trust that too. Do you, do you find that too? Like, does God speak specifically to you when you need him to? Yes. I I think what you just said is the awakening moment. I think, honestly, I think when I, I we look back at our journey, that is how simple it is. It's yes, no. And if it's quiet, it's wait. (laughs) It's that simple. Yeah. He uses words of people. He uses his, the word of God. It's 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 the word of God and people confirm what you've already read in the word, what you're sensing. Yeah. And even when God speaks to you, it brings us always back to the word of God. It's not something rogue on its own. It always is anchored in his word. That is the simplicity of knowing the word of God, of knowing the will of God and the word of God is exactly what you just shared right there. So honestly, I think that's, that's been our journey and continues to be our journey, Yes. but to keep asking. Yes. Keep relying yes. on him. Keep yeah. asking, okay, you're the, you're leading me. Where am I going? Yeah. I need this answer. Yeah. And those are, that's how God speaks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Boy, totally. I wish I had this podcast maybe when I was in my early twenties. <laughs> maybe I, I think this was pretty great because yeah. I think this is a lot of the questions were asked by people. Yeah. And I think these are some of the things we've fleshed out for many years yeah. together. Yeah and have been able to articulate a, a bit more. I know there's, it's so much more to unpack, but it is that simple. Yeah. It, we complicate things, but it is quite simple like that. Yeah. Hold lightly, keep asking and follow, follow the direction that he leads you in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's really good. That's it is really good. good. Well, thank you. Thank you for that chat. That yeah, was it was awesome. good. It was good. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, we just want you to know as we go today that God has complete confidence in you. And you are crowned as a daughter of the King. Have a wonderful day. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast, and you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.corto. We'd love to connect with you.